Beal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a shit in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What song is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with a Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today and happy 4th of July weekend. This is the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. I'm Matt Vizana and as always my brother Noel. Hey guys. Noel, thank you for holding down the fort last Wednesday. I appreciate it. It was kind of a weird episode, but I think... You know, we all got through it, and people had to I got stomach through, it. I got through it. Oh my god, I got through it. I was like, "Holy cow, man! This is this is not for me." A lot of pent up anger. It was banging tables and things, but you know, we're back on the horse here. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Much better than the last one, at least. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, please go check out that last episode. It was different. It was from the heart, guys. It was from the heart. Yeah, it's from something. But you have any plans for the fourth? No, not really. I mean, I, I was going to go buy some fireworks tomorrow, if there's any left. I mean, I think everybody's kind of got the same mentality that, shit, we might have to be doing this at home. So you might see a lot of houses burn down tomorrow. That'd be yeah. <laughs> there's a, There's a couple around here I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you got a next-door neighbor with a, with a few dogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might fucking shoot one at, one at a couple of those hounds over there. It'd be good. I'll give them something to bark at. <laughs> anyway, um, real quick, we have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. And we're on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. We also have a Facebook group, so search groups and type in our name and we'd love to have you. One last thing, please subscribe or follow depending on what podcast app you use. Apple says subscribe. Again, it doesn't cost any money. For instance, and Spotify, you have to follow. So these are the exact same terms, but it's very important for our podcast to grow so please do that you get it's 100 percent free as i mentioned you subscribe it all it does is download the newest episode and you don't have to worry about searching for it so just do that if you like this show if you want to hear it three days a week we would be greatly appreciative of that and also rate it that's a huge help to us as well okay wanted to start with another top five friday will be coming on later so if you don't like this portion of it just fast forward just make sure you go to the end of the episode that actually gets us a lesson if you don't mind <laughs> but to start the show the redskins nickname change is about to hit its boiling point according to an article in ad week from wednesday i believe three separate letters signed by 87 investment firms and shareholders worth a collective 620 billion asked Nike, FedEx, and PepsiCo to terminate their business relationship with the team, unless they agree to change its controversial name. I'll, let me speak on this real quick, Noel. Yep. If this is true, and these massive companies pull their sponsorships, this is it. This is the final nail in the coffin. There's no coming back from this at all. I don't know how much money this would be, but I'm sure it's a hefty sum, to say the least. It's got to be significant. And, you know, hitting that bottom line on Snyder, it's one thing for the Supreme Court to rule uh, that it's not an offensive name, whatever. But once it hits his pocketbook, that's a whole different story. And this could be a significant hit for him. But, you know, honestly, though, I was thinking about it. I don't think there's a coincidence 
I know that they've sucked for a long time, first and foremost, but I don't think it's there's a coincidence that FedEx Field is 50% full at best. I think this does play a part in the lack of attendance. I think that people like myself are starting to, you know, not want to wear clothes with that say Redskins on it or have the logo, the newest logo, newest, but you know what I mean, the current logo. You know, and Noel's currently wearing a Redskins hat, just was telling me how he just got it for Father's Day. I said, You're "Damn right." I'm, I'm terribly offended, Noel. Just I know. You know look at it. Look at it good. Look at it. See it? See it? It's no. right there. It's like a fucking bullseye. I think that with everything included with just the way the team has been, the, the shitty ownership, the shitty management, everybody just being sick and tired of the team in general, and then you throw in the added portion of that it is a racist name and proven to be a racist name, regardless of how you feel about it, I think all into one, then you have a, a perfect storm. And this may be helping Snyder out and protecting himself from himself because i think that at this point he just needs to do it and call it a day and pigskins it is <laughs> right yeah <laughs> gosh god help us well i'm not really sure what the contractual things are i mean i don't know if nike's going to be able to pull their sponsorship they have a contract with the nfl therefore it trickles down to the teams so I'm not exactly sure how that works. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure how that one works. I don't know. I'm not sure how FedEx's contract with the stadium works, whether there'll be some type of exorbitant penalty, regardless of the circumstances. It's not like they changed the name after FedEx had signed the contract, as well as with Nike and with Pepsi. They knew what the name was when they did it. And for them to pull it, there could be some type of penalty on their end as well. So... It could go both ways. I mean, I think from Nike and Pepsi and FedEx, it's on their pocketbook too. We'll see if it's worth the long-term effects of us doing this for an initial penalty, for example. Are people really that uptight about the name that it's going to cost us in the long run? And believe me, they're looking at the bottom line just like Daniel Snyder is. But when it comes to these investors now, and, and this, you're absolutely right. I completely agree with you. If this does happen... They're toast. I mean, this is it. You see it on shows that have an actor that does something incriminating and all of a sudden advertisers will pull themselves from it. The show shuts down or whatever the case may be. That is the way to get action nowadays, especially in this country, is if you start pulling advertisers, you're fucked. And yeah. if that happens, then he's going to have no choice. He's going to have his back against the wall. And if Nike, which they've been fighting for years to get that contract with the NFL, and if the NFL supports it, then yes, the owners are going to come down on Snyder as well, and he's going to feel that added pressure. But I don't see Nike if they're going to lose out doing that. If it does then yeah, they will have to change the name. By hook or by crook, they will. Uh, the issues that I have is the companies that they're bringing to the forefront, and I wanted to talk about this for a second, is the hypocrisy of these companies. How dare you? And do I agree with some of the standpoints that you have, Matt? Absolutely. I'm a harder line person when it comes to the Redskins' name. People knew what they were getting into with the name and have been doing it for a long time. And yes, things evolve, things change. I, I understand that. And with this, guilty as charged, I'm a creature of habit. But when you're looking at the shit storms that Nike and Pepsi have done on a humanitarian level over decades as well, in recent memory, the sweatshops that these places have had, I just want to give you an example of one that Nike's had to deal with in recent time. Indonesia, to make a goddamn tennis shoe we're talking about here, or their stupid soccer balls or a cleat, 
These people make less than $1 a day, okay? And we're not talking about old people. We're talking about kids as well. They go against the child labor laws. They pay these people pennies on the dollar. They're working 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. They get a 30-minute lunch break. They don't even have an opportunity to stop to take a piss. Literally. These people are treated like shit. The women are raped in their factories on a regular basis. This hashtag me too stuff, please, they laugh at that, the women over there, the way that they're being treated. And you're coming down on the Redskins? Clean up your own shit first. How about that? Clean up the day-to-day bullshit. Pepsi gives 75% below what they're supposed to to workers in Indonesia. That is about 30 cents a day. They illegally put 12-year-olds in the fields. They're supposed to be world child labor laws, 15 to 18 years old. They've been caught putting 12-year-olds in the fields to work hard labor. What are we talking about here? So you're going to come down on a name and all of a sudden try to big dick swing freaking Daniel Snyder? This is ridiculous. And two wrongs don't make a right. And the hypocrisy of it drives me crazy. Well, here's the thing, though. It's the investors that are pushing for it, not necessarily the companies, right? Understood. So those are some scummy companies, of course. But we're talking about, what was that number? $620 billion worth of 87 investment firms into these companies. So they may not necessarily have a problem with it. Of course, it's it's PC to have a problem with it. But at the same time, you know, they don't want to lose money either. They don't want to lose their investors because they're keeping this team. It is hypocritical. Absolutely. It is what my, it is. My issue is also is that if Nike is being brought to the forefront, if Pepsi is, they feel that they might have a leg up in order to get these type of companies. And for these investors to go to them, they're putting a blind eye to what they do in the background. And they're willing to go to these powerful places and say, look, this is a smash and grab job on the Redskins name. There are other things that are quote unquote, too complicated to deal with right now. Strike while the iron's hot with the Redskins name. Fuck the kids that are shoveling shit in a Nike sweatshop Well, that are working their lives to the bone as a 12-year-old. Let's go to the low-hanging fruit. Well, Nike's caught a lot of grief over that as well. Even when they signed Colin Kaepernick, so many people were against that because he's going against racial injustice is what his goal is. But yet, how many injustices are they doing on a daily basis? Oh my gosh, it's a joke. All these companies do scumbag shit. Well, we don't want Nikes to go up uh, $30 a piece or something. Oh, God forbid, you know, God (laughs) forbid. They're already $300 or whatever for a new pair of Jordans. So uh, did you get the new ones yet, by the way? The the 87s? (laughs) Every year I get them. Stand in line? Yeah. Yeah, me too. And you know, just to finish off on this, I won't say Redskins on the air anymore. And, and even Dungy just came out and said, I get, I bet you he's wearing Nikes though. Mm. I bet you he's wearing Adidas. I bet you they're wearing these companies that destroy countries, clean them out. I mean, what do you got? You got to wear bags on your feet. I mean, no, these, I, these are the laws. They've outsourced jobs. I understand that, Matt. I understand that. But the hypocrisy of it and the easy outs that where is the voice for them? Well said, Noel. Okay, so um, some other news that I wanted to talk about, actually pretty big news here, according to sources, is the NFL is cutting its preseason schedule from four games to two due to the coronavirus pandemic. As of now, 
Most of the players will still report to training camp on July 28th, but the first preseason game won't be played until August 20th through the 24th. And the second game will be played August 27th through the 31st, depending on when you're scheduled, of course. Uh, One of the main reasons they are cutting off the fourth game is because they want teams to be home and have the option of quarantining two weeks prior to the start of the regular season. Smart, I guess. Uh, What this means for the Redskins, though, is as of now, they will only be playing two away games against Indianapolis and Jacksonville, respectively. Noel, this is going to affect the NFL as a whole and every team differently, of course. But I wanted to hear from you. How do you think it's going to affect the Redskins? Any time that this team can't get opportunities on the field is a bad thing. It just is. The team's young. They need every minute, and we've talked about this before. They need every minute in the locker room, every minute in the cafeteria, every minute on the practice field, and every minute on the field against other competition. They just do. This is not good for them. For veteran teams, it's something that they can fight through. It's 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 going to be tough for a veteran team as well, but... This is just one thing after the other. It's like, why do you guys keep coming up with things? Just see where this goes first. You keep whittling away at the piece of wood. You know, eventually it becomes a toothpick. It's like, you can't keep up with this stuff. Everything's so quick to change. And now we're doing two preseason games. For me, in my humble opinion, Matt, I would just scrap the preseason completely. Have them do an elongated training camp. And have some scrimmages, like back in the day. Have them do some scrimmages, bring in a team, and have them committed as a mutual training camp for maybe between two teams where they can have more players on the field. But this stuff's garbage. They get no home game, not like it really matters anyway. Nobody's going to be there anyway. So that aspect of it really doesn't matter. But you're just losing time for these guys. You don't even know what you have. It's just a difficult circumstance. And both away, you know, so now that they have to go through the process of going to these locations, we have no clue where we're going to be in August as far as this COVID shit is. And now they're having to prepare themselves to go to two different locations. Why wasn't it split one home, one away? I don't get it. the end with this NFL, man. That may change. That isn't 100%. And keeping in mind, the NFL, from all accounts, has not released this fully yet. This is the word on the street. So they may eventually change that, that at least the teams get one home game. But they wanted to get rid of the first game and the fourth game so that they have, obviously, more time to not have to travel and then two weeks in between. So assuming... The NFL, the season even happens. Like you said, this is even worse news for the Redskins um, and, and more so than most teams just because of the youth that they have on the team. We've covered this before, but they're extremely young with a shortened offseason and now two less preseason games. I hate to say it, but this season is probably over before it begins. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's hurts my heart. But it does. It's, it's true. And they just keep teasing with these things and, and making tweaks. There's leagues that are in the heat of the battle right now that are making less tweaks than the NFL are. The NFL hasn't even fucking started yet. They're in the best position of any professional sport right now that they can just wait and see, see how the NBA works and what they're doing. See how the MLB works and what they're doing. See how the NHL is going to work with it. Why are you still poking around right now? Just sit back, relax. You did a good job on the draft. 
the best that you possibly could. Just sit back. Why are you tweaking things right now? Moving things around. Not sure to be determined stuff. Everything in the world is to be determined right now. I feel that they do this shit just to keep themselves in the news. That's the NFL's MO. They do everything just to keep themselves right. in the news. You know, it doesn't matter if the NBA playoffs right. are going on or, or the freaking World Series. They'll do, they'll do something and they end up being the biggest <laughs> right. news of the day because it's the NFL. Now, on a side note with what you were saying, how is every other league playing in this bubble style thing and have this MLB, if they ever start, right. but the NFL is still planning on having these teams travel. Like, for instance, the Redskins are traveling to Arizona in week two. Arizona. I mean, I know they don't need to have plans in place yet because it's a little way off, but shit, training camp is starting in like, what, three weeks? Allegedly. Four weeks? To be determined. Yeah. How can you possibly, with the rate of coronavirus skyrocketing currently in this country, how can you even have a plan right now of any kind other than this bubble thing? To think that these teams are going to be able to travel across the country in the second week of the season is insanity to me. How can you even say that? Oh, well, we're, we're cutting out two preseason games. Okay, you're still going as planned. And I just don't see how that's ever going to happen. The NFL is living Maybe in Maybe they'll do world. what the UFC was going to do and buy an island and then just do everything there. And <laughs> it'll be to idea. be determined. They'll just start throwing out articles saying, island bought by NFL. Season? Question mark. You know, just to stay in the news. Just to stay in the news yeah. on a week to week. Just so the NFL network has Sigiliano on there to talk about something. It's completely tactical, in my opinion. I'm more of a Kay Adams fan myself. but I love them. I love Sigiliano's ears. <laughs> so, it's another installment of a Top 5 Friday. I know this is what you guys oh, have yeah. been waiting for if you fast-forwarded. Thank you for coming this far. Today, we will be covering the Top 5 Redskins numbers that should be retired. That's a mouthful. I'm going to have to cut that down <laughs> a little bit. But um, also, we have a special guest with us. I think you've heard his name a few times through prior episodes. Knowles mentioned him. Um, he is the quote-unquote Redskins savant uh, when it comes to the history of the Redskins. Ryan Vazana is joining us today. Ryan, how's it going? Uh, I'm good. Good. Well, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I've, everybody knows so much about you already. It's like like you were already here. Yeah, he was all mm-hmm. excited about the show. He had this list made up, you know, and we were in. He's actually the one that kind of gave us the idea to do this one. So I didn't know where the hell you were going to be for uh, this show. So I figured, you know what? I got to bring on the man, the Rye man, the heartless uncle that you are. You were going to boot him off. So yeah. I figured, you know what? We had to join him in. So now it's bros and son for the night. That's <laughs> what I do. I just steal people's thunder, <laughs> especially children. That's my, uh, that's my go-to. Well, thanks for joining us, Ryan. It's no good to problem. have you. <laughs> All right. So recently, the Redskins made an announcement that Bobby Mitchell's 44 number was to be retired, along with Sammy Baugh's number 33, which has been retired what forever most of you know this but some don't the redskins have only put certain numbers off limits but would not actually retire them so you can't actually use it during the game it's the strangest thing and it doesn't really make any sense but with mitchell's announcement of retiring his number this may actually be an opening for additional numbers so what we're going to do is just kind of go down the list of our personal top five of numbers that should be retired so let's start yeah one thing i did want to mention is that for nolan i sean taylor's not going to be on this list 
list? Is yeah, I think that's an absolute no-brainer. I mean, the three of us aren't going to have him on the list. That number should have been retired the year after he passed and was a given. So I, there's a consensus there, and that's a gimme. There are a couple other gimmies on the list, but I mean, that's the real gimme. That number shouldn't even be in the dialogue with safeties talking about I'll earn it and all that garbage. So let's just leave Sean Taylor off the list and and I think it's just a high five to him and say, look, just get that one done. That one should be the first one retired. If they decide to retire more, that one should be the first one and then they can move forward. Well, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I do. Uh, well, I'm glad you do, but he didn't. And I know he died, but and, and it was tragic and everything, but he didn't, in my opinion, didn't play long enough to be considered a for sure retired number candidate. Same as he's not going to be a Hall of Famer because he didn't play long enough. And, yeah. I'm, you know, kill me for no pun intended for Jeez. saying that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I that's just my thought. <laughs> and, you know, and, and one thing I wanted to mention as well, if they weren't doing this ridiculous uh, I don't know, what do you even call it? Not being able to use number system. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Haskins wouldn't have had that awkward conversation I know. Uh, with Joe Theismann and he wouldn't be number seven. So I think it's time. But Noel, uh, what's your number five? Let's start there. All right, my number five. It's a throwback. I, I mean, I'm older, but it's it's a little before my time. Charlie Taylor, number 42. He was the Gale Sayers Jim Brown of the Redskins during that time period. 84 Hall of Fame, um, six-time All-Pro. He switched from running back to wide receiver and led the league in catches two consecutive years right after he changed positions. I mean, watch this guy's highlights. It is really, it's like watching Gale Sayers. He's all over the freaking field. He did everything. Awesome player. Ahead of his time. Okay. No, I'll go ahead and pass this off to Ryan. He is the uh, savant of Redskins history. <laughs> Charlie Taylor's not really in my wheelhouse. So go ahead. Well, uh, Charlie Taylor, he had a record seven seasons with 50 or more receptions. So, yeah, I think that he could probably get his number retired. All right. Hey, I'll uh, take your word for it because that's <laughs> not really my thing. All right. So anyway, <laughs> all right. So my number five, this may surprise some, is Clinton Portis. I remember him. So what's your what's your reaction there? Meh. I mean, yeah, I think right. he didn't play long enough, and it's just he wasn't really the best. And I think that the Redskins got the worst of the trade there. No, I, I don't disagree with that. But if to say Sean Taylor deserves to be his number retired when he played for four years, Clinton Portis played for seven years just with the Redskins. He averaged over eighty yards a game. Had four seasons where he was over 1200 yards rushing and the poor guy gives random to the ground until uh you know he rode that horse till he couldn't ride anymore but and the thing that i really liked about clinton was that he completely changed his game he started out as a speedy back with the broncos and then had to change his body to have like a neck like a thumb just to be able to to handle the rigors of the gibbs offense and you know he put that offense on his back him and santana moss not a lot of talent on that offense no and they rode him to the playoffs a few times well two times seven years is, is a lot of time for a running back I consider him a Redskins great. I just wouldn't necessarily put him in my top five as far as the, basically these are first ballots of retired jerseys. And I don't necessarily know that I would put him there. He was a major contributor. I mean, he did all the little things. I still consider him one of the best blocking running backs. Oh God, I mean, he yeah. blows people up. I love the guy, but I just wouldn't put him in my top five as far as first ballot jerseys, so to speak, retired. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know this was first ballot. No, no, top five, whatever. I, you, you, you however you, you want to hey, however enough. you want to put the top five together. <laughs> well, to, to me, well, let me let me just say real quick for Clinton, 
his blocking was like Gilbert hitting like a a three from oh my god NBA I loved playoffs it. It was logo. so enjoy it was so enjoyable so yeah. enjoyable and they and you know even like the Troy Aikmans of the world absolutely adored that guy I know I mean he they just killed just, himself they, for that they, team yeah he just killed himself he was a great player hey Ryan you're up next what's your number five uh, my number five is Jim Lachey because yeah he just doesn't get enough love for the O line of the Redskins back in the day uh, he was a three time All Pro. And, you know, I mean, everybody thinks of Russ Grimm and those guys, but, you know, just Jim Lachey. He's, you know, bottom feeder over here. But. <laughs> no, and, and he was he was like kind of the, the secondary hog, right? And yeah, and, yeah. yeah three-time All-Pro. What else can you say? Yeah, about? no, absolutely. I think I'm I always one of my favorite offensive linemen that the Redskins had and never really wasn't just like an outgoing guy, you know, was just there. And just did his job. I I really like Jim Lachey. He was always one of my favorite offensive linemen that they had. I mean, Joe Jacoby's number one for me as far as favorite offensive linemen that they had during that hog era. But Jim Lachey is definitely one of those that I really appreciated his game. Good call, Ryan. Hey, that you're digging deep there, buddy. Yeah. Who thinks of offensive linemen, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Noel, who's your number four? Uh, number four is uh, Sonny. Oh. Sonny. Sonny Jurgensen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm close. I mean, he's he's still kicking, right? Uh, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm a history buff when it comes to the Redskins. I like looking at the old stuff. I really do. You're more modern day, Matt, after the Super Bowl eras. I'm a much younger Unfo- man Which is unfortunate you. for you. <laughs> um, but he was that Unitas. And, and I said before with like Charlie Taylor, the Gale Sayers and the Jim Browns, that style of running back, not on that level, but for the Redskins time period. He had that Johnny Unitas style about him. If you look at his place, flinging the ball around ahead of his time, it was starting to become that transition of time period when you had guys that had rifle arms. Before that, these guys were still playing like it was rugby in a lot of ways and just giving it to the fastest guy on the field. Kind of like Pony League, you know? And he just came in and was flinging it around. Five-time passing leader, still second with the Redskins in yardage, even in the era of nothing but throwing, and second to Sammy Ball in touchdowns. The numbers speak for themselves. Regardless if you haven't seen him play, just going based on the numbers, I'm impressed with it. Yeah. Well, I just always go back to that bomb that he threw behind his back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that perfect spiral behind... You ever see that, Ryan? Uh, No. No, I know you'll look at it now. I think that's on my thing. That's on your to-do list? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, uh, Ryan, who's your number four? My number four is Dexter Manley because uh, he's just, he was a beast of the 80s. Uh, he had 97 sacks in his career. He was a pro bowler and an all pro. I mean, I just think everybody thinks of Charles Mann, but I think Dexter Manley is way better. Charles Mann, Noel always said that he wouldn't get his sacks without Dexter Manley. So, and you know, he was, it's easy to play that well when you're um, on certain substances as well. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> whatever it takes. I mean, Lawrence Taylor did it too. Oh, yeah. I you know. know. And going to that, that's one of the reasons why he doesn't have the love that he has. Absolutely. The guy had 91 sacks in his career in about 40 less games. Kerrigan is at 90 right now, okay? He's played, I think, 40 more games than Dexter Manley played. Mm. Charles Mann is third on the list. He played. He's played about 20-plus games more than Dexter Manley did. He had 18 and a half sacks in a season in 86. The guy was a beast. The illiteracy thing, the cocaine habit, and everything else and going through that time period, I don't think people realize during that time period in the mid-80s 
how big in the NFL Dexter Manley was. Not just with the Redskins. He was a big time during that Chicago Bears era. Everybody loved defensive players, defensive linemen. He was huge. And it's such a shame that it took the turn that it did because he had Hall of Famer written all over him. And I still think that if he was on a different team, then and he won Super Bowls. If he was on a different team, if he was with the Cowboys, believe me, this guy would have been a lock to make the Hall. They were all on something. So, and they're, they're exactly. on NFL Network and ESPN, you know, right. still. All right. So my number four is Santana Moss. I think the 89 should be retired. Played. T- <laughs> what do you got there, Ryan? He said, uh, you know, he played 10 <laughs> seasons with the Redskins. 10. So is that long enough for you? I'm not sure. But uh, uh, well, h- hold yeah. on, it was, it was it was a rhetorical question. But <laughs> he barely missed any games. I think only one time he played ten games, and that was his last season. He was always on the field. He had three monster seasons. That it was just him and Clinton. Uh, three seasons where he almost had a thousand yards. So out of those six, he played, you know, high quality football. And then you know, at the end, he was taking a back seat and you know did the slot receiver kind of thing, you know, taking a backseat to Sean Jackson and Pierre Garçon. He had huge numbers on a horrible offense. I mean, you're talking Gibbs' his second year. He had over 1,600 yards receiving. I mean, he there was nobody else. And Brunel throwing him the ball. You know, he didn't have the greatest quarterbacks either. And he had a quarterback carousel the entire time. So Jason Campbell, for instance. So um, I know that people think of him as just a run-of-the-mill wide receiver, but he was, he was a total monster especially early on in his career with the Redskins. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of agree with that, but I feel like there's definitely way better people, especially for number four. He did well for the time, but I think some other wide receivers are definitely better, like Charlie Taylor. I got him on the list. Well, maybe not Charlie Taylor, but... Again, I'm sticking yeah, to people I know. Yeah, and I'm in agreement with Ryan on that. I mean, I feel that, yes, Santana Moss is one of my favorite players to play with the Redskins. I always love the guy. He is not a top five guy to have his jersey retired, though. And there's just, we haven't even gotten to the meat of the list yet. Um, and he's a number four guy, and you're you're leaving off some beasts. I mean, uh, you're, le- you're leaving off some beasts to bring in your, this is more, we're basing this off of your time period with the Clinton Portis and the you're not giving the love to the other decades and the other guys that had blood, sweat and tears for the skins, Matt. No, I, I just think these are <laughs> these are underrated because they, they are recent players. But right. let's remember what they've done, you know, and, 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 and I knew I knew you'd have older guys and that's fine. Understood. All right. So moving on to number three, who's yours? Noel? number three, Art Monk. Now we're talking receivers here. OK. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you bring up Santana Moss, great receiver. Now we're going to all-time greats. If anything, you want to talk about a guy that doesn't get enough love. This guy, I don't think people realize, believe me, if he would have become a news guy or gone on ESPN or like Michael Irvin, he's up there with Jerry Rice. Believe that. 2008 Hall of Fame, way too late after he retired, by the way. There's the lack of respect right off the bat. 1984, we're talking about 84, we're not talking about 2014, 106 catches, 106 freaking catches in 1984, that was the record until 1992, and that's when they'll start, the wheels started coming off where everybody started throwing the ball a little bit more gradually, slowly, but surely, starting to become into the more modern era of games, there were still teams out there that would run the hell out of the ball, but it was starting to become more of that style. All-time catches, 940, okay? That stood the test of time until Jerry Rice had to come back in a wheelchair 
in order to beat the record. The guy did it all. Did it all. Go ahead, Ryan. You talk about him. Uh, Yeah, the same for me. My number three is Art Monk. And, I mean, he's a three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's He was the receptions leader. He was a second team and first team All-Pro. I mean, he was just especially, like I said about Dexter Manley and how he was awesome in the 80s. Art Monk, he was basically the god receiver then. So, and he's easily the best Redskins wide receiver of all time. Well, Art Monk's my number two. Just so you know, uh, and I think honestly, back to the name, I think a reason that took him so long is because of the name issue. These senior writers are the ones that vote for Hall of Famers, and there is a lot of writers out there that are against the name. So it's inexcusable how long it took him to become a Hall of Famer. But yeah, I mean, he he also played 14 years with the Redskins. I mean, yep. there's, I think that's enough time to retire a jersey. I really absolutely. Do, so. <laughs> I mean, even if you were the spe- a special teamer. Yeah. You could probably other sports get your jersey retired after being with a team and 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 blood, sweat, and tears for a team after fourteen years. You know, and like you said, I think that if he was a Michael Irvin type, yeah, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But he Absolutely. was not flashy. He was just constant. He just caught balls. He did his job, and he did it with class. And right. God forbid if you do something with class, you actually get rewarded for it. Right you know? But that was my number two. My number three is Brian Mitchell. B Mitch. Uh, B Mitch. Hopefully he listens to this because I know he's he's a media guy. Uh, we need him. We need all the help we can get. He's <laughs> probably sick of JP Finley interrupting him every five <laughs> seconds anyway. Yeah. So what do we call that? Getting JP'd? Getting JP'd. <laughs> anyway, another one who played 14 years with the Redskins. He didn't do it the conventional way, of course, but he racked up over 23,000 total yards. Wow. Uh, I mean, that's absurd. And which is second all time in the NFL. He averaged over 23 yards a return on over 600 kick returns, and he had four touchdowns. He had close to 11 yards a punt return, which he had over 460 punt returns throughout his career. When we, I remember watching Brian Mitchell, we were always like, ah, there he goes directly into the pile, right? But I mean, that was he, a later time, later, later on. Later yeah, on. but he was never the speediest guy. No, 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 no. He, he but he was just consistent. Truthfully, he should be a Hall of Famer as well. I mean, I don't know what else you have to do. I would agree with you on that. As far as being ranked in the top five, as far as jersey retirement, disagree with that. But as far as him being in the Hall of Fame and deserving of the Hall of Fame, absolutely. Oh, um, hold on, and- hold on, hold on. So you think that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but not his number retired? No, no, not in the top five of our lists. Oh, of our list. Okay. Of our lists for his jersey to be retired. Do I think his jersey should be retired? Yeah, you know, but if it was a list of the top 20, he'd probably be on it. But it's a list of the top five. We're talking about all-time greats here. Do I think he should be in the Hall? Absolutely. If they're going to talk about guys like Vinatieri and people like that, or guys that had a different type of role, or a Dante Hall, or, or whoever it is, that those type of guys and that different style of to accomplish a goal, then he needs to be in the conversation. And he should have been in the conversation a long time ago. I agree with the Hall of Fame part. As far as the list, disagree. The irony is the special teams guys are always the ones forgotten about, but they're always like, oh, three phases of football. Like yeah, they make yeah. it like it's it's as even as being on offense and defense. But yet when it comes game time. It's such a joke. It's a joke. Ryan, what do you think about that? Am I completely off base? Uh. No, I definitely kind of agree. I mean, I'm kind of half and half. I feel like Brian Mitchell was kind of like the off-brand version of Eric Metcalf. But, I mean, I don't really... Definitely not a top five for me. But I think if it was, you know, like 15th or something. 
You know Eric Metcalf played for the Redskins, right? One of the usual after the downturn. Yeah, after he destroyed the Redskins for years, then he came over. I remember he got a punt return for a touchdown. Ah, uh, yeah, good year. for him. Good for All him. Right. With the Redskins. Good for him. I could be wrong. I, I'm pretty sure. All right, so we're moving on to number two. Noel, who's who you got over there? The Diesel. Uh, yeah, you forgot about that one, huh? You forgot about that. See, he's, he just did a sigh. He forgot. And I saw part of his list and I said, I wonder if Rigo's going to make that list. Uh, see, now he's kicking himself. And I think Matthew might be kicking himself a little bit on this one, too. I mean, come on. 44? 44. Really? Really? There's only one other person that could be ahead of that. And we'll talk about that one a little bit later. Rigo? Do I need to go through the numbers on it? He had 24 freaking touchdowns in one season. Mm -hmm. Okay. The guy had 13 consecutive games with a touchdown. It's John Riggins. Look, I'm not going to go through the breakdown. <laughs> go Wikipedia it if you need to. It's John freaking Riggins. He's number two on my list. Number's a lock. That number should have been retired many, many moons ago. That's lore right there, man. I mean, if there's any Redskin highlight in him, any person that knows anything about the Redskins and watches them, there's not many Redskins highlights that they show. What do we got? Doug Williams during the Super Bowl, Mark Rippon doing his dumb dance when they win the Super Bowl, and the Riggins run against Miami. Those are like the iconic things of the Redskins during those Super Bowl time periods, and it's it's just, that's a lock to me. I mean, that's a no-brainer. No one can argue with that one. Well, you forgot Farat smashing his head in the wall. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. That was pretty iconic. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. He's not on my list, though. But just Unbelievable. because... Unbelievable. Well, I, and it's not like I forgot him. He was an iconic player, of course. I think there's a bit of a... You know, you'd kill me on this as well. I think he's a tad overrated, strictly because he's a white running back. I, I really... All right, you settle down over there. You know, just give me one second. <laughs> I do. I, yes, he won a Super Bowl, that iconic play, the fourth and one and all that. But I do think that he's seen ahead of a normal running back because he's a white guy. Sorry. Go ahead, Ron. Um, well, I think that's garbage that okay. you say that. Fair enough. I mean, John Riggins is basically like, um, that's the guy that you think of when you think of a power running back there. It's kind of like Earl Campbell, basically. It's Ladanian Tomlinson, you know, something like that. But you put Clinton Portis up there. At least I forgot. I was overthinking the list. But you <laughs> knew, and then you decided not to do it. He's like the number one guy. He's number two over here. And you're putting Clinton Portis, a guy that only played, you know, ten seasons and, you know, brought him to two playoffs. You know, they he did pretty well. But if you, if you know that John Riggins is there. Inexcusable. Are you are you berating me on my own show? <laughs> you know you're a guest here, Ryan. Don't you forget that. Uh, All right, no, I can't disagree him being on the list. No, he's he's great, but I think he's kind of like a Sean Taylor. You just assume he's going to be on there. You're crazy. You're yeah. crazy. 11,000 yards. It's not like he had like that one run. He wasn't freaking uh, Timmy you know, Smith. Yeah. He wasn't Mike Allstott, Matt, because he was white people like them. The guy could run through anything. He was a fast running back. He was great with the Jets, okay? And even before he came to the Redskins, he's an iconic player that deserves his number retired. Bottom line, we get, let's move on. So, Ryan, who's your number two? Uh, my number two is Sonny Jerkinson. Hmm. Uh, he was a complete boss. I mean, if you don't have him on your list, basically, it's, you know. Are uh, you going to pull Noel's move and say you're an idiot? <laughs> um, but he's a five-time Pro Bowler. You know, he's a first-team All-Pro two times. 
past touchdown leader twice, past rating leader in 67. And, you know, I, I mean, it's just. And what was the other stat that you had for him? Uh, one of my <laughs> stats that I had for him is the longest touchdown pass that he had for 99 yards. <laughs> and actually, the record still that. stands today. Well, you so. can't go much further than that, I guess, right? right? So, <laughs> yeah, you can. But, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the problem I have with Sonny is that any team that he was the quarterback of was terrible, other than when Vince Lombardi was there and they went eight and eight. So he won a, a title before it was a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, you can't paint a lot. It does, it does. Are we the, are we Eagles fans now? What? So Sammy Ball, you're going to penalize him? You not, <laughs> take his number away. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Sammy Ball, Sammy Ball is different. He played like every position on the field <laughs> and he was ahead of his time. That's a totally you're gonna, different. But you're going to penalize Jurgensen for not winning a Super Bowl. I mean, he won a nasty, he won a title. All right. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. All right. So we are at. Number one, and I think we're all in agreement here, or agreeance. Don't people say that? It's, uh... I guess. Well, you did. You just did. <laughs> no, I said agreement first, and then I said agreeance um, as a joke. But anyway, uh, who's your number one, Ryan? Uh, my number one is pretty obvious. It's Daryl Green. I mean, it's basically everybody knows. And he's the number one Redskin of all time. He was even on the uh, top 100 players of all time. And so um, he was a seven-time Pro Bowler, four-team, four-time first-team All-Pro. I mean, it's just you can't really debate about that. And I think if a person doesn't have him at number one, then they're completely crazy and they're a moron. So, <laughs> man, I, I thought we agreed to no cursing. On no this cursing. <laughs> oh, very good, Ryan. I'm in agreement there. It's just like the Riggins situation. What hasn't Daryl Green done? It's a lock. He's Mr. Redskin. 20 NFL seasons. Played at 42 years. I'm 42. I'm 42. He played. Was he as good as he was early on? No. But he still was playing on an NFL team and could beat the majority of the young guys in a race. I mean, the guy was insane. He was... 295 games, Matt. 295 games. And he, and he still looks like he could play. Only with the Redskins. That's the oh. most important part to me. He didn't yeah. he didn't bounce around. He didn't go to the the Cowboys to finish things off. Right. And that's you the know. heartbreaking thing about the Art Monk situation, you know, is that he finished with the Jets, but yeah, with the Daryl Green, you're absolutely right. Beginning to end, it, it was just he's Mr. Redskin. He is. He realized that his skills were diminishing a little bit, and he took a back seat when Dion came. He took the uh, when Champ Bailey was there. Right. He took the slot corner role. Any guy who sticks around, I mean, twenty years is insane for any position, maybe other than quarterback, and that's still insane. Yeah. You know, and especially at that time period, they didn't have the nutrition, they didn't have the same things that they have now to extend careers. And he played twenty freaking years. It was unbelievable. What else can you say? I mean, he's he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Maybe not the greatest cornerback of all time, but the greatest Redskin of all time. And I put that up against Sammy Baugh as well. Sorry, Sammy. <laughs> well, that will do it for this episode. Thank you, Ryan, for stopping by. We yeah, really appreciate thanks, it. Buddy. Any, any final words of wisdom? Um, no, not really. I feel like we've all wrapped it up. And, I mean, our list is the superior one. <laughs> and I think the Clinton Portas and the Santana Moss <laughs> decision, mm. you know. Yeah. I feel so. like he just shows uh, uh, the later period of time over the older ones. Okay, so you're you're saying I have no credibility now? Yeah. Thank you. Um. I mean, I don't choose um 
Dwayne Haskins as the best quarterback just because I have seen him play. So, <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like you're <laughs> just uh, that part. Wow. All right. Huh? Well, we, we can we can end it there. Hey, buddy. Thanks yeah. a lot for being on the show. You were great. Yeah, you Thank were. You. Thanks really a lot. Good. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And what what do the kids say? Burn? Is that what you did there? <laughs> you got burned, son. Uh, I'm too cool for that. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, you, you, you got a future, kid. All right. <laughs> Anyway, as always, we're on all major podcast platforms, and please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like the show, please share it on social media. Again, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and you guys have a great July 4th weekend. See you soon.